So my wife is gone to something called a clinic. It's a, it's a clinic for dressage. It's a kind of horse riding. If you're unfamiliar, it's, it's um, the very prim and proper people wearing what looks like suits. It's English riding and, and dressage is very, very um, frou-frou kind of, kind of uppity looking stuff. And uh, I say that as a guy who doesn't really understand it. It's probably not very, very fair. But anyhow, that's what she's doing. She's gone for, for it's Saturday right now. It's a Saturday. I have the boys and I also am in charge of taking care of the horses. And we, uh, if you're unfamiliar with my life, we have, I live on a horse farm. Uh, so we have, uh, it's, it's pretty great. It's a pretty great way for kids to grow up in, in the, basically in the woods a little bit. It's not in the woods. There are lots of woods surrounding us, but we have a cleared, uh, about eight acres cleared and we have a bunch of barns and in riding facilities and we have borders. And, uh, so, you know, people come and ride all the time. So it, it's, it's a pretty idyllic, uh, place for kids to grow up. I think I'd like to think that anyhow. And I, I like it. Uh, I like it enough. There are plenty of days where I would love to live closer to town and not, have to feed horses, you know, 12 or 15 horses twice a day. Uh, and when I'm the only one feeding them, it becomes even more of a chore. And so what happens is uh, I feed them regularly enough that that there's a certain amount of sort of muscle memory, if you will, on the deal where, uh, you know, like you kind of just, I put headphones on, I'm listening to a podcast or a book on tape or music, and I just sort of go through the motions. And my wife is very particular about how she wants the horses fed. And I am, uh, she's a details person and I'm maybe not so much the details person, particularly on something that I don't have my heart set on like horses. I, I tolerate horses, but I'm not like the biggest horse fan in the world. I mean, I prefer horses to chickens. I think chickens are the worst, but I, but horses are relatively dumb animals. And I know that horse people say, oh no, they're not. But since they're prey animals, what they do is they, they're afraid of everything. Like they jump at everything. There are some horses that are calmer than others, but most horses are are pretty much they act like dumb prey animals that are, that want to react ridiculously to everything. So now my wife, uh, the horses that my wife has, our horses, uh, the ones that she's trained particularly, are very respectful to people, uh, to us, and frankly, they're very mellow. Some of our border horses are not as mellow, and I have gotten. The shortcut I take when I'm moving a horse from, say, a stall to uh, to a paddock or something like that, uh, the shortcut that I take is I'll put a rope around their neck instead of putting a halter over their head and stuff because it's a few a few more steps. So this morning I made the the error of doing that with a horse that I'm I don't know well enough to know whether that was going to work out, and so I put this the rope around this this horse's neck. And it was fine for like the first five steps out of the stall. And then this horse decided it was pretty excited to be out of the stall and started sort of trotting away. And I tried to yank on it, to get its attention. And it didn't like that at all. It, I, apparently it must be used to having me halter around its head. And this uh, caused the horse to take off like a shot with me holding onto this rope, this loop of rope around its neck. And desperately trying to, and so what happened is I got dragged for a little while, and then I finally fell. And uh, I took took a dive, and of course the horse got away. And this is a horse that does not have a halter or a rope or anything. Basically, he's a, a horse out in our in our yard. And honestly, it, it took off. First off, I tumbled, man. I, I it was it was not uh, 
It was not pretty. Um, and of course, when a horse gets loose, first off, I, the first worry you have is as it's close to you and running away, you're like, am I, is going to kick my head in like accidentally? And that didn't happen. Uh, secondly, <laughs> am I going to run into a fence and bust my head? And nothing bad happened that way. In fact, I, I, I was more startled than hurt or anything like that. And, um, but of course you're also like, this is someone else's horse that just took off and ran and is like going down our driveway and our driveway is long enough that it's not like it's out in the road or anything like that. But I'm not going to lie to you. That was, I was freaking out. I'm like, Oh my God, we have uh, one of our borders horses is loose and is running towards the road. And it's completely my fault. It's because I was, I was like clueless about uh, so bad. So, and it's purely because I was trying to save a little time. And frankly, that was totally not worth doing. <laughs> um, so what happened? Okay. So typically I have like one move when a horse gets out and horses, if you have been on a horse farm long enough, horses will get out whether, uh, the, the gates don't get latched well enough or, or better than this. Sometimes they'll push, push off a fence board or two and step over whatever there's horses do get out. If you've had horses long enough, you're going to have some that get out. Um, and my one move <laughs> I don't have many moves with because you part of it is that I assume all horses are kind of dumb and they'll fall for this trick and it usually works to be honest the, my one move is is has been sufficient up to this point which is just put a little grain in a bucket and shake the bucket and they'll come up to you slowly but surely and you put a rope around their neck and you get a halter on them and it's done and like that was my move and this horse was super excited about not being in a stall and not having a halter on kind of like what's cool about it is horses generally don't, they don't like new stuff very much. So the idea of a horse running down our driveway and like running out to the road and going to someone else's house or something, as much as that is frightening to me, that's not typically what happens. They kind of want to hang out with their friends. They're relatively social animals and we have a lot of grass. So basically he would run down the driveway and I'm pretty sure in his little horse brain said, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where this is. This is all new to me. This is scary. And turned around and he came hauling ass back. Uh, this happened multiple times. And, and then, so as he would come up and he'd, he'd go to some of the grass uh, next to the the paddock that one of his buddies was in, one of the other border horses. And uh, so he would stand there and eat grass and just look at me disdainfully. <laughs> I would try and approach him with a bucket or like a container of grain shaking it. And I, and I, I'd approach slowly and, and just when I think I, I had had him in, in where I wanted him, <laughs> I, he would run away. This happened like three or four times. I was like 25 minutes into this deal, and I'm thinking to myself, this is great. I, one of our border horses is going to run away, and I'm going to be completely on the hook for all of this. And um, so I actually texted my sister-in-law, uh, who is a – she lives in town. Uh, she's a physician, but she's also a horse person. I'm thinking, God, maybe Jen could come help me and figure this out, maybe two people – and she's, she was, of course, at a CE thing in, in Washington, D.C. So, <laughs> and my wife's out of town. She's gone for this thing. She's gone for the whole weekend. And frankly, I don't want to admit any of this to her. Anyhow, uh, there were other friends that probably could help me. But for sure, that was going to be a straight line to Deb uh, explaining what a moron I am. So I was going to try and avoid that a little bit. I suppose now that I'm talking about it on a podcast that, that the, the secret's out. But um, So then <laughs> my next door neighbor, who is a great guy, who I should probably have on the show, he is literally one of my favorite people on the face of the earth. He is the guy that uh, I go to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and play trivia with, and uh, he is really good at doing projects. He's he is very handy, and I am not handy. And he he actually is the guy who helped me set up all of my 
my uh, TVs, my monitors in the rooms of my office. If you've ever seen, I've got the I've got the monitors mounted on the ceiling and the and the front wall. And we didn't have someone do that. We actually did that ourselves. And it was and so basically, he was the guy that I ran all the wires with back five years ago. When we were put so I mean, he is he's a true blue guy, and he's also really handy. He's really smart, great guy. <laughs> so I called him and I said, "We have a gate, like a like a gate at the end of our driveway." Um, it used to, when we first bought the house, you know, God, 2004, 14 years ago, there's like a little garage door clicker and you, it would actually, the gates would open and shut, which was incredibly pretentious. I thought, but I mean, in some ways when you're in, in the sticks, like if you had a guest coming in, you could actually give them a code and they could dial the code in, which just, I don't know, it was, it was a little over the top. So we don't use the gate, but you could, if you wanted to, you'd close the gate. Uh, and so I called Chuck to see, okay, can you, can you come around because he's he could come up his driveway and come across and come down our driveway. I couldn't get past the horse to do this myself. Every time I would try and go past the horse down the driveway, the horse would take off down the driveway. Like the horse was definitely not letting me get that far in. Oh, it was a mess. So I so Chuck ended up coming around and closing the gate, and then he came up, and I think the horse honestly saw Chuck closing the gate and realized, okay, that is not an out anymore. And so with Chuck having come in on the one direction direction, and then I just came up slowly with the bucket of grain, the horse went for the bucket of grain, and then I was able to get a halter on it. So, so Chuck saved my life. There's no way I would have been able to do it without him. But more than that, I'm like, you know, I was trying to save like, I don't know, 15 seconds of what it would take to get a halter on and clipped on this horse because I can get away with that with our horses because they're calm and mellow and stuff like that. But, but like literally I, I risked hurting myself as well as the horse and all that stuff. And it was really dumb, <laughs> but I don't know what I was thinking. I really don't. I, I, I do know. I was like, I didn't want to spend the time because the faster I can get done feeding the horses, the the sooner I can get to hanging out with the boys or doing what else we're going to do. So, uh, we did rescue me, got the horse in place, got the rest of the horses fed. And, uh, I've learned my lesson. But it seems like a classic story that I should be telling on this podcast because so many stupid things happen to me that are, they're funny and they're, you know, I don't know, they're worth telling the story about. I just sort of love, I love the fact that that dumb thing happened to me. So uh, as you notice, the Alameda experience has been dark since about last May and a lot of stuff has happened since then. So uh, I want to tell you guys a little bit about uh, what I did last summer. So let's get this going. Alan Mead is a dentist with too much time on his hands and too much recording equipment in his basement. Armed with an obsession to bring entertaining and informative content to the dental world in a way that's never been done before, I give you the Alan Mead Experience. Well, welcome back to the Alan Mead Experience. We appreciate you uh, appreciate you coming back. Appreciate you list, uh, waiting for me to come back because you know it's been a little while since uh, since I've been doing this stuff, and I know I've promised an episode for a while. So I appreciate you guys uh, basically sticking with it, and we'll see how I do with regard to actually coming back and doing this stuff. But uh, so anyhow, what have I been doing all summer? Um, I, I guess I'm going to start back to the time about when I left, which I think the last episode was in May, maybe. So that was a long time ago. It's, it's October. So we're talking like, man, is that like five months? I think it is. 
So in May, you may have noticed we rebooted the Dental Hacks website. And um, so we were basically putting out, to start with, we, we, we rebooted the website by creating a bunch of like blog content, which I'm very proud of. Uh, we created uh, a new kind of Dental Hacks podcast, which is we call the Dental Hacks Daily. Dental Hacks Daily is basically shorter uh, and right now, the daily is not technically daily. It is Monday and Wednesday. We started out with it actually being daily, but it's just, it's a ton of work. I love doing podcasts and stuff, but it is a ton of work. There's no doubt about it. So uh, Monday and Wednesday, and then we were putting out blog content essentially every day too. And I have to say that has cut right down to nothing because it's it's more work than I have time for. And we weren't getting the kind of traction I was hoping. I'm being very honest about this because... I haven't even really talked to Jason about this. We weren't getting the traction on the written pieces that I wanted to see because we had a bunch of great people writing a bunch of great stuff for us. I just didn't feel like we were getting the traction for it. We did come up with with something that has has some attraction to it. It's the we call it the um, dental shallots. It's it's a kind of it's like a it's basically like the onion for dentistry. If you haven't seen those, you should go over to the website dentalhacks.com. Check it out. We a bunch of us have been writing the stuff, and and the scallion uh, is the name of the writer for Dental Shallots, which we're calling it. Uh, it's basically onion style articles in dentistry, and I think that I think they're terrific. I think they're essentially the funniest thing out there in dentistry. So I'm loving that. But we're we're just not really. I'm not producing that so much right now. I, I'm sure I'll get back into that on some level. But um, the dailies have done very well. We're really excited about the dailies, and it's fun because you can. When you're talking about something that doesn't maybe have enough for an entire episode, an entire, you know, uh, one hour interview or something, it's nice to be able to fall back into a shorter uh, time frame. And frankly, there's plenty of people that don't have enough of a, a commute. <laughs> they could an entire episode of the regular Friday, you know, it's almost an hour and a half that could take them two weeks to listen to. So we're sort of giving them something a little shorter for that, too. We're, I, I'm pleased with how it's working out. We've brought on a lot more partners to work with us because we have the daily. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but, uh, but Comet is working with us and uh, a company called Itena from France has some really interesting products. Uh, where it's just, it's, it's been going great. The other thing that Jason and I have done is we're, we're starting to work with spear education. Uh, we we're sort of, uh, interestingly, what we're actually doing is, is, uh, I can say this, that spear is hoping to reach more of the every man dentist or every woman dentist as you are. And, and so Jason, I can be very proud to say that uh, we are more of the every man, every woman dentist, uh, at this point, we're sort of like the regular dentist. I think that spear feels spear education feels like their concepts can work on any kind of dentistry, but, but a lot of times they feel like people think of spear as a, as an elitist kind of Institute. And they're like, we're not elitist. The, the, in some cases, and a lot of times the way that it, the education goes, it's like all full mouth all the time. But the bottom line is these concepts work, uh, on essentially any level you want. It's about patient communication more than anything. So I'm, we're really pleased to be working with them too. And actually the exciting thing is Jason and I are going to actually start taking some courses, uh, and then sort of live podcast from the courses just to, just to let people know what their courses are like. We, I really hope that that become something that people enjoy. Uh, so we're going to be heading out to Scottsdale uh, at the very end of November, early December to take uh, facially generated treatment planning, which is sort of their their main, sort of the the keynote, if, uh, if you will, of all the spear courses. Then we're going to start taking some more spear stuff. Pretty fun. Uh, so we've had a lot of dental hacks stuff going on, not the least of which was 
we also went to DS World, which is in Orlando, and we got to actually podcast from the Spear booth. And I'm sure you guys heard that if you've been listening to Dental Hacks and all. So, uh, why do I say all this stuff? It's part of the, it's sort of what we did this summer. Like, um, the podcast continues to to flourish, and I, I continue to feel spread really thin, pretty much all the way around. What what blows my mind? It's a really funny thing, actually. I, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but I'm going to admit it. The podcast, uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie to you. The podcast is more fun than dentistry is. <laughs> I mean, like, like doing this stuff, getting to go to cool places, talk to cool people, that sort of thing. How could, how could, I mean, that's a pretty fun thing. Um, dentistry is, I like it. I like my patients. I like my team. I like going to work, but the bottom line is, it's a little bit of a grind. I've been doing the same thing for, you know, on and off for essentially for 20 years. And, and so what, what it's not that I'm not liking dentistry. It's more that, um, I'm sort of letting, I'm not paying attention to it enough. Uh, and, and so the office is sort of an autopilot and, and it's probably anyone who's knows about managing a dental office, having an office on autopilot is probably not good for that office. In some ways, I think to myself, man, it would be great if I could work this office, but have someone else. It'd be, I would love to like be a part of the office, but not actually be running it right now. Like I, a lot of the stuff that, that needs doing, I'm pretty lazy about, right? Like a lot of the management stuff. So it's, it's a little, I'm slacking a little in the office only because I've just kept myself so busy doing other stuff, which brings me to another discussion that I've had with multiple people lately just interesting because dentistry seems to be particularly susceptible to the idea of (laughs) like dentists find a gig and then they decide they want a side gig and I'm as guilty of it as the next person except I have to tell you that excuse me the podcast the idea of doing a podcast for me never was Hey, I'll start this and it'll be my side gig. And soon enough, I'll be able to retire early from dentistry and be, that would be that. Like we had no idea that we were going to take off like it did. Um, to be frank, a lot of people have said, Hey, you know, it's a, I think a lot of people can look at what we've done and make it and and act like that was, (laughs) it was all part of the plan. Like we had, we had no idea what, what happened with the dental hacks podcast. I think, I think we have a few things. I think, the fact that we don't take ourselves too seriously helps us a lot. I think the fact that neither of us are clinical gurus on a level of, you know, a lot of folks so that we're not like intimidating that way. And then I also think that we started podcasting at the exact right time. Like there were very few other podcasts in the space. So we kind of, we kind of got to, to, to spread our wings in an area where it wasn't very competitive. It was, it was only months later that all of a sudden there were a lot more podcasts. So, we lucked out and, and the fact that we've been able to do a lot of the stuff we've done, I think has mostly to do with, uh, I think it has mostly to do with timing and then some with our personalities, maybe just the way that we do it. I, I'm to this day, I'm still shocked that there are not other people that have, have like copied the way that we do things. I, I just can't to that, to that. I still can't believe it because it seems so obvious to me to like have, and I got to say, we don't do brain trust as often as we used to. And I, I'm at fault for that because it takes a little more work to get everyone kind of in the same place at the same time. Uh, but they are, they're probably the thing that made us interesting is having a bunch of regular dentists talking about regular dentist stuff. I think that's a big deal. So 
anyhow, we never had any idea that it was going to become as big of a thing as it is. And now that, now that we're there, of course I love it, but it was never an intentional side gig. I think it's a little bit, I don't know. I, I don't feel like Jason and I would have a lot of, um, credibility if we weren't actually practicing dentists. If, if we, if we didn't have stuff to bitch about like day to day stuff, you know, we can, it's fun to uh, talk about our, our triumphs, but it's also important for us to talk about the soul crushing stuff. And I think I won't lie to you. I think we get more comments about the, the, the stuff that sucks in what we're doing, because I think people can relate to it like crazy. And in a way, like, I feel like there's a lot of people that are hoping for a side gig that will basically let them hang up the handpiece for good. And, and I almost am like, if we did that, if we said, if we became quote unquote, full-time podcasters, then what credibility do we have as, you know, a dental podcast? Like, I don't know that I want to hear about someone telling me how to do things awesome or how awesome things are or terrible or things when they haven't actually practiced dentistry. So the, the bottom line is I look at it going, I don't see us ever stopping being dentists while we're doing this. It doesn't make any sense. We might try to do things a little differently, but I, I don't see us stopping and doing some, you know, full time. And frankly, we got to pay the bills too. So that in that way, but I will say that like so much of what you see in here, like there are entire Facebook groups devoted to getting out of clinical dentistry and doing something, you know, different and, and, but still is profitable. And you're like, well, I don't know. I mean, I understand the want to do that. And I understand if you've been doing this for a long time, sometimes your body does some things to you that, that make it so you'd have to do that. But if that's the goal, especially after going through all the education stuff, it seems a little sad. And there are some people where dentistry really isn't for them. And that's okay too. I totally get that. But I mean, I like dentistry. I like doing dentistry. Um, it's not perfect all the time or anything like that. Nothing at all like that. But for the most part, you know what, there's, kind of nothing better than having it. I like last week, I think on Wednesday, I had nothing but crowns, crown preps and crown seats. Like, God, this is the life. This is great. You know, just knocking them out. I think they're all singletons. And I know people are like, yeah, you should be doing full arch. I'm like, yeah, except there's kind of nothing better than a bunch of singles because when you're using a scanner, uh, like there's kind of nothing to it. They come back with almost no adjustments and it's just boom, boom, boom. And there's times when that's perfect. That's just the perfect thing for me. I, I think it was. I think it was all crowns and crown seats. And then right before lunch, I had uh, two premolars I had to extract for a kid going into ortho. And I'm like, man, that is the best. That was absolutely the best. Like the best schedule of all time. So like part of my life should be pointing to getting my schedule like that. But but the reality is, the dental practice doesn't necessarily allow that. I was just talking to another dentist like yesterday or two days ago about how slow I had a slow September. And I know a lot of people talk about September all the time and, and actually September and maybe the first week of October were pretty slow. And that doesn't panic me now like it used to, because I'll be honest with you, it's, it happens most years. And I know that there's plenty of practice management people that say, oh, you can plan for that. But you know, on the other hand too, I, you can also just be okay with it. It doesn't mean that your practice is going to collapse or anything like that. So now we're, we're cranking it to the point where it's, it's almost more than I want. I mean, I'm so busy. I don't want to be that busy in some ways, which is again, all good or bad. They're good problems to have. And we'll be like that probably until the end of the year, because people are looking at their dental benefits and realizing that they're going to lose them if they don't use them. Everyone, everyone knows this. I mean, that's, and we're not, we 
lots of our patients have insurance. We are not a quote-unquote insurance office. We actually only participate with Delta Premier. But a lot of people still are, you know, it is so funny when I hear people talk about fee-for-service offices and how we don't take insurance. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? Every one of you guys probably works with or deals with insurance paperwork. Well, you want to impress me. I want, I want to hear that you're a cash only office and you don't even bother with the paper. Cause let's be honest, whether you're in, in, in network or not, if you're still, still dealing with insurance paperwork, it's still a mess. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, I don't know. And, and patients, patients that have insurance want to use their insurance. You can't fault them for that. I mean, patients, especially if their employer bought the insurance, I we've, I've been going through this over and over again. There's a part of me that would love to be quote unquote insurance free. Then there's another part of me that goes, yeah, but human beings, when they have an incentive like dental insurance, want to use it. You can't hate them for that. It doesn't make any sense, right? Like, so the problem with dental insurance is that people think that whatever their dental insurance coverage is, is all they can do. Like that's all they're going to do because this is what their insurance is. And they think that that has some kind of relationship to what kind of dental needs they have, which is, I think that's, it's like. I think medical insurance has messed with us because for that very reason, like why do they think that stuff? Well, it's because if their insurance only covers X amount, then clearly they shouldn't need any more than that. It doesn't, there's no reason that someone should think that, but that's kind of what people think. I'm convinced of it. If you can fix that problem, you got it made. I'm just saying. So anyhow, I, I, uh, I'm interested about the side gig dentist. I'd love to hear what you guys think about that. So, if you haven't joined the Alameda Experience Facebook group, I know I've been really, it's been pretty quiet over there over the last few months because I've been spending so much time doing the dental hack stuff, but I'd love you to come join it. Um, so you go to Facebook and basically search Alameda Experience and request uh, it request a uh, an invitation, and we only let you in with a password. I think the password is... I think it's Cosmonent Premier, and now we're going to do Comet, which is K-O-M-E-T. Any of those three uh, passwords, we will let you in for sure if you want to be part of the group. We'd love to have you over there. And I'm going to try and get a little bit more active over there. Um, I'm going to do something I haven't done for a long time. I'm actually going to do this on myself. When I first put this podcast together, I had a bunch of segments that I wanted to use that I thought were kind of clever, and I put together some audio little clips for them and stuff. And, and I don't really use them anymore, even though I think they're kind of clever. We used to do the 90 second perfect pitch, which is basically, um, we give a guest 90 seconds to pitch whatever they wanted, but we, we made them stick to the 90 seconds. So I'm going to actually do a 90 second perfect pitch myself. I haven't practiced this at all. So I may, I may, may fail miserably. We'll see. But, um, uh, I'm going to talk about voices of dentistry, the upcoming voices of dentistry conference, uh, for 90 seconds. I'm going to see if I can get you guys to all sign up. So here we go. You've got a minute and a half to sell the Allen Mead Experience audience anything you want. An idea, a product, a service, a used car, whatever you like. But you have to stop when you hear my ass. <coughs> Welcome to the 90 second perfect pitch. Ready, set, Go. All right, so we're talking about the Voices of Dentistry Podcast Summit. It is literally a meeting. I'm not going to lie to you. This meeting literally jumped from my imagination into reality. I always pictured this after we started the podcast, and and we found so many dental podcasts out there. I'm like, what would it be like if we did a meeting? Guess what? This is it. 
This was my dream come true. So go to VoicesOfDentistry.com. You can find out more information. You can sign up. It is in Scottsdale, Arizona, January 25th and 26th of uh, next year. It's about three months away, something like that. And um, what I'm so excited about now is that uh, Jeff from the Worms podcast is starting to roll out speaker like bios and speaker badges uh, like on Instagram and Facebook. And all of a sudden you're seeing all these, it's what's really cool is this. A lot of the speakers are all excited about it themselves because they're like, Oh man, I get to meet this person for the first time. So I, there's a lot of like, we have this, this podcast community is sort of this, you know, this story, we have this kind of community where like regular dentists don't seem to come into it. And, uh, it's, it's a pretty big community, but it's, it's kind of exciting. So I'm just excited for it. I think it's going to be great. We're going to have a really good time. I would love to see a lot of you people come along. I am going to be speaking. I'm, I don't think I'm going to do a live Alameda experience this time. I'm going to be talking about I, I have some ideas what I'm going to be talking about. It should be really fun. Um, but Jason and I are going to be doing some interviews there on stage and all that stuff. So come do it. VoicesDentistry.com. How about that? I got it. Right in 90 seconds. I didn't even practice that or anything. That was awesome. So, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for this upcoming meeting. It's going to be spectacular. We're going to have a really good time. And frankly, there's no other meeting like it. I'm sort of cheating because I'm going beyond the 90 seconds, but there you go. Try Go check out voicedentistry.com. So what else did I do this summer? Um, okay. So in June, no, that's right. In July for 4th of July, I took a week off for 4th of July week, which I never do. And 4th of July was Wednesday this week. And we took our camper, which we got last October. Uh, we never have really been a camper family. Like I've literally never up till this point been a camper person. We got a camper and we went, uh, we spent a week, uh, in Harrisville, Michigan, which is on Lake Huron. It's really nice there. It's not far from my parents' cottage either. So we did a lot of, uh, it was nice. I was away from the office for an entire week, which is like never happens. That was really great. We had a good time. We're probably gonna do the same kind of thing next year. Unfortunately, we didn't really get, we didn't get out to do more camping, which is a bummer because, uh, it was really fun. It's a night. It's, it's not, it's a nice camper. It's not the fanciest one you've ever seen. It is amazing to me, like the kinds of things you can get in a camper, but it was a lot of fun. The boys loved it. We were able to bring the dog. It was, it was great. It was a good time. Uh, so I could see us doing more of that. What else did I do? We went to Spear. Jason and I went to Spear, uh, in August. It was crazy. It was super hot, but What's crazy is it was super hot and humid of all things, right? Like apparently there is a monsoon season in the desert and we were at the tail end of the monsoon season. So like, as I was, as I was leaving the morning I was leaving, I was like driving to the airport and it was like lightning storms out in the desert. It was crazy. Arizona just never ceases to amaze me. I like going there cause it's pretty cool, pretty cool place. But, uh, so we got to interview a bunch of the spear rock stars there, see kind of the behind the scenes there. That's why I'm excited. But what we didn't do is we didn't actually take any courses there. Uh, so now we're actually going to be taking spear courses so we can speak from some kind of experience about actually having done that. I'm pretty excited about that. It's going to be a good thing. Um, and then we went to Orlando uh, for DS World. That was a big deal. We, we Like I said, we podcasted from the booth. We're still using a lot of that stuff in the dental hacks dailies and, and, and honestly, even the regular show. We've had a lot of interviews that we've published there. So, I mean, it's it was a great... It was a great five months off, and uh, I I need to get some more people to do uh, Alameda Experience podcasts with me. We'll get guests back and and stuff like that. I would really like to do a podcast with my kids. 
Like, I'd love to hear what they think about this whole podcasting thing. Uh, what happens with uh, an eight and 11 year old boy, if you put a headset on them where they can hear their voice in a microphone, they lose all sense. You can't have a conversation with them because all they want to do is make funny sounds into the microphone. So it gets a little difficult. We'll see if that actually happens, but uh, that's sort of, sort of how things are around here. So uh, I'm going to wrap up right now. I know I've only gone for about 30 minutes or so, but uh, I'm going to wrap up right now because I need to go out and feed the horses again for the second time today. And uh, I'm quite certain that I will not have the same problems this afternoon that I did this morning. I'm glad of that. I think I think I got it figured out what I need to do and what, what shortcuts I really can't take. And uh, hey, listen, if you have any questions or comments, email me at alan at meadfamilydental.com. Uh, you can definitely join the Alan Mead Experience, uh, Alan Mead Experience Facebook group. Be glad to have you over there. We can have conversations over there. And uh, thank you guys for being patient and waiting for me. Uh, and we'll we'll see what we can do with bringing the Alamy experience back, and we will talk to you again soon. Mm-hmm.